Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast. It's Kirsty and Isaac here. This podcast was developed by and for Amazon sellers to highlight the very best strategies on how to grow your Amazon business and to get valuable insight from sellers to illustrate the ups and downs of selling on this incredible platform as well. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with a dear friend of ours who is an uh, Amazon seller himself and one of our coaches on the Real Coaching team. This is Regan Blee. That's right. Hey, Regan, how are you doing today? I'm going very well. Thank you for having me. No, we, we're really looking forward to um, having a chat to you today. Um, and we first met, I think, probably a couple of years ago now. I think mm. really we first met at one of our workshops yeah. down in Sydney, which was awesome. And um, I just remember you being a good wine connoisseur. On the last day, we went we went for a Japanese, and you, you were the you were the wine king, which was brilliant. Instead of the Lion King, you were the wine king. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wouldn't call myself a connoisseur, right? You know, if it's red, if it's alcoholic, if it's, if it's liquid, you know, it's pretty good in my yeah. opinion. It's the criteria. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, this guy's got to be on the team because number one, he picks the right wine and number two, he actually went and got it as well and he paid yeah. for it. So, yeah. awesome. <laughs> no, it was cool. It was cool to kind of meet you there. But you are actually from Melbourne. So you, yes. we obviously met you in Sydney, but you're actually from Melbourne. Yes. Um, so before we jump in and find out all the cool stuff that you've been doing in your Amazon business, yeah. um, we always like to start with, you know, how did you even start? You know, how did you even get into this crazy thing called Amazon? Well, you know, I've, I've actually been doing it for nearly seven years now. Um, but before that, I worked in, in corporate world for like 30 years. Um, and, you know, even though I had that career in corporate, well, probably the Amazon business is one of the few times where I've actually made a conscious decision, a conscious plan of what I'm going to do next in my working life. Um, you know, I actually, initially I started out, I was going to be an engineer. I was, I was doing a uni uh, degree in Brisbane. I uh, did that for a few years, uh, but the, um, the lure of party time in Sydney and the big smoke <laughs> uh, meant that I just had to put away, put that aside for a while. I, I thought what I'll do is I'll go to Sydney party for six months or so, and then and then go back and finish the degree and you know, knuckle down, be a good citizen, etc. Uh, didn't quite work out that way because what happened was when I ran out of money in Sydney, I got a job uh, to pay the bills, and that was just the lowest level job you can get in an insurance company. Uh, but suddenly I was sort of hooked. In that I just thought it was great, uh, you know. And I think, um, you know, I was listening to the podcast you did with John Francois a few weeks ago, where there was a discussion around uh, how his background as a scientist sort of helps him in the business and helps him weigh your rates of waste things and so on. And for me, doing those couple of years at uni, even though I didn't finish, and I cannot remember one single thing about what I learned. What it did was it taught me how to think, you know, how to identify a problem, how to work out what the details are, how to understand how it all works, and then um, come up with a solution. And so, you know, when I started 
in the lowest level job in this insurance company, you know, it doesn't matter what position you're in in the corporate world, there's always challenges and problems. And so it was great fun. It was stimulating. So I really liked it. And, um, and they were paying me to do it. And so I could afford to go out drinking at nighttime and seeing bands and whatever else I was doing in Sydney at the time. Um, so, yeah, I look in that corporate world, you know, I just kept getting promoted and getting new roles. I did all sorts of things around process design, business re-engineering, projects, worked in banks and utilities. I worked as a management consultant in the customer service and contact center space. Um, and all that was great. You know, each of those roles was more and more challenging, which I really enjoyed. Uh, but, you know, over, over time, I became more and more stressed by it. That's what happens when you're working in the corporate world, I think. And, um, and you know, as I said, uh, you know, I hadn't planned that career at all. I just kept getting different jobs. And um, so I sort of started to feel a bit lost. And... I just felt I had to do something different. I had to get out, get rid of that stress. I had to control my own destiny, my own fortune. Uh, so I started looking around and, you know, I looked at all sorts of things. There's you know, affiliate marketing, drop shipping, and all sorts of get rich quick schemes um, and so many dodgy things. But look, after like a fourth redundancy and, you know, after corporate restructures, I came across the Amazon business through ASM. So I did ASM 3 in 2014 and like that's nearly seven years ago and I haven't looked back because I, I have not regretted that once. I just think it's a, a great thing, perfect for my lifestyle and what yeah. I like to do. It's funny because you mentioned that you don't really remember anything that you did at uni or anything you learned, um, but it was only like four or five years ago. So how how's your memory so bad? I have a very short memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you were talking about that. It, I was like, oh, yeah, that just sounds like my journey when I went to Sydney. You know, I was, I was only supposed to be there for three months and I never left. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, I totally get what you mean in terms of the corporate thing. You kind of, I was in a similar situation I kind of got sucked in and I didn't really have a career path I wasn't you know yeah. like people have this kind of path right that they're on and I'm I want to be a director by the time I'm 30 and all this sort of stuff I'm like I just if I like doing it I'm just going to keep keep doing it and get and got promoted um and it sounds like very similar I was probably about the same time as you you probably were on the circuit in uh, <laughs> Australia where there's loads of like people that are going right by then it, you weren't doing webinars then right it was like seminars no. Yeah, the weekend seminars. And I, I, yeah. I talked to a lot of Aussies and we're like, yeah, yeah. Did you do the eBay course? Did you do, <laughs> did you do the <laughs> renovation course? And they probably spent $60,000 on, on different stuff, right? So Yeah, I was I doing share trading and option trading for a while in between some of the jobs. So did that Yeah, course. well, that's another course that I did, but I never actually did anything with it. It was the Daniel Kersher one. I don't know if you no. did that one, but, no. but there you go. Yeah, so <laughs> what made you kind of think about Amazon then so you said you tried all that different stuff I know what it meant for me but you you mentioned kind of lifestyle is that what the trigger was that you went this is the key thing that I'm going to keep going with it was look I, I wanted to get out of the corporate world I wanted to be able to 
make my own money rather than, as you say, working for the man and uh, relying on something else to for your finances or to control my own destiny. I, I wanted to be able to find something that you know, was actually going to make me a fair bit of money because just our lifestyle with the mortgage and the kids and all that sort of stuff, we needed quite a bit of money to be able to live. And mm -hmm. so, you know, as I said, things like affiliate marketing and so on, which uh, just, just don't have any money in them. But as soon as I looked at Amazon, I thought, this actually has the potential to be a real business. And you, I could see that the sky was the limit if you wanted to put in the effort and the time and so on. So it just suited me. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So obviously now that you're selling, you've been selling for seven years, uh, we've met you. You actually went through our, our training programs and you kind of saw what we were doing and then we saw how we could actually fit together. We actually said, hey, you know, you're helping a lot of the people that we work with and and we like what you're saying and you, you make a lot of sense for what, you know, what the, uh, what basically our training is saying, but also giving, you know, outside perspective. So, you know, obviously as a coach in our program, do you find the journey of working with others a rewarding experience in terms of getting them results and then how, how that helps you grow as a person and kind of what are you kind of seeing, you know, as you're going through this journey from your perspective? But, you know, I definitely do find it rewarding. Um, you know, right from the word go, back in 2014, I just became actively involved in, well, at the time, the ASM forum and Facebook group, but just other communities I've been involved in. I've always tried to be actively involved because in the end, I really like helping people. I can't stop myself from helping people when they've got a problem. I just have to stick my nose in and... Uh, <laughs> whether it's welcome or not. Um, and I, look, I suppose also, you know, it must have been a probably, yeah, I'd probably get a bit of a kick, but maybe a deep down need to be able to show off how clever I am. So, <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, look at how good I'm doing. You should be doing this too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But why don't you know the answer to this? I know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but in the end, I do like helping people. And, uh, but it's also a great way to learn, which is one of the reasons why I got stuck into, when I first started, I really actively got involved in the ASM community because, and contributing to it because by seeing everybody else's problems, concerns and issues, and then whether I helped them or not or whether I just read about what they did, I learned. I learned a lot really quickly mm -hmm. and that helped me a lot and all that bit became ingrained knowledge that I've just been drawing on for all of these, these years yeah. um, since I left uni four years ago. Um, <laughs> um, now being a, a, an actual coach in real, that's actually even more rewarding experience, you know, rather than just, you know, giving some hints and tips in a Facebook group, uh, now I can actually help people along with their journey. You know, I can help guide and direct them and, you see people, you know, see them moving along the journey and, and um, getting their business up and running or getting re the results that they're trying to achieve. So that's that is really rewarding. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when you see like somebody post a screenshot of like, hey, I've hit $50,000 a month and I'm getting $10,000 in income or something, it's like, yeah. wow, like that was our goal for you. And we expect that to happen at some point. But it's like, then they finally do it and you're like, 
came kind of came out of nowhere. You hadn't mentioned it before, you know, how close you were. And so it is yeah. very cool to see that kind of stuff and, and talking with people hitting their lifestyle goals, quitting their jobs. Um, you know, we have, we have people like, you know, have their spouses retire or whatever. So that way they can yeah. help them work in the business and all these cool things, traveling, all that good stuff. And, you know, I think that there's, there's no other better way to show that you truly know something than to help others learn it and, and experience yeah. that opportunity themselves. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, like you were saying in terms of doing the, the, doing the kind of like tips and things is great. You can give nuggets, but I think one thing that you do really well is to be able to pinpoint an issue and be able to then convince someone to actually do the right thing. So I'm just thinking about someone really recently, Jeffrey, who you had a conversation with and you were like, mate, like look at your PPC, like literally if you just did this, this and this, you know, and trying to get someone to completely change the way they think about PPC is actually very difficult, right? Yeah. 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 Because you can work with people and they've got this thing in their brain. No, but I can't spend that much. So how did you, how did you get him to switch from, yeah, I'm just so used to kind of, you know, going down this track. And he, I mean, when he did change, he went from literally 20000 a month to like over $100,000 a month by making a switch, not just in what he did, but the mindset that he had. So how did you get him to do that? Well, um, look, I, I, I suppose I, I went through it in my methodical method that I would normally use when I talk to people. Which Is that you, you hypnotize them or you use wizardry? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that works for some people. Some people like methodical, some people don't. But uh, I'm just thinking back to the conversation now. That the, the, he, firstly, he he wasn't his products weren't ranking that highly at all. You know, they might have been on page two or three. And he was getting some reasonable sales, but not great sales. And I just explained to him that, particularly what we talk about in real is that. The, if you want to get ahead, you've got to rank. You've, you've got to have visibility. And without that visibility, no customers know you're there, or very few. So you're not going to get very far. And so if you do the things that help you rank on page one, then the business will just start to grow. And it just goes from there. And so I said to him, you know, one of the things that you can do to um, to get that visibility is get on page one with your ads. And you can do other things like run discounted promotions and so on. But first up, let's just get the ads happening. Get on page one and get visible. And he's going, but, you know, my ACUFs is this or, you know, my budget's this. And I said, and I said well, you know, your ads are actually running efficiently, the ones you have now. So what's the problem with spending more? Because if you spend more and then make more, then... It's a winner. And so that convinced him. He just, he just increased his budgets and uh, got on page one and uh, the sales just went off because he was limiting himself. You know, that, that thought he had about how PPC should run and, you know, you should only spend 20 bucks a day or whatever it was and you should have an ACOS of this, those become limiting thoughts and people don't think outside the box to say, well, if I just tweak this, what will the business result be? Uh, and that's what I did with him. I just made him realise that a slightly different approach will give him results. 
Yeah. Awesome. No, that's awesome. I think because we sometimes think we know what the problem is, but actually it's usually something completely different, right? Mm-hmm. So you think I'm not getting sales because of this, this, and this, but having someone like you to be able to just literally, you know, with the experience that you've had, you've been doing this for like seven years, right? And it's not been all rosy, right? So you've been through a lot of stuff as well. Yeah. Um, really kind of helps give a different perspective. So with that in mind, you've been doing this for seven years, quite a long time. Um, what? How has it changed? I mean, how have, how have you seen... You are a veteran, right? It's kind of like I was there when it first started, kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. No, you weren't selling books. You, 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 one of the uh, first inroads into physical products. So, what kind of hurdles have you faced, and what? How have you seen it change? I think that's kind of an interesting perspective, the changing face of Amazon, right? Or Amazon selling. Look, I think um, <clears throat> in terms of how it's changed over that time, like going back six, seven years ago, or even eight years ago, when people really started this model in those days it was it was like the wild west uh compared to today and there was lots of people coming up with lots of ideas on what they should be doing and ninja tricks and hacks and all sorts of things to uh try to get them uh, to move forward um they were launching products that really just had a short-term vision you know might sell really well for for a few months and then just sort of dwindle away. Um, and so, yeah, it had that sort of Wild West feel to it. But Amazon realised that this is really quite a big part of their business. And you know, these days, something like 60% of this, their sales revenue comes from third-party sellers. And so they had to make it more professional and they had to make it more trustworthy. And so the whole business has become much more professional uh, there are a lot more people in it. And so the competition, there's more competition. That's not so much the issue. It's that competition is now more professional. And so you need to act in a professional way to be able to deal with that competition. And that's all a good thing. And so people have to run proper businesses. There's no wild west. There's no, I'm going to make a million bucks overnight. This is not a get-rich-quick scam. Uh, so that's what I think has happened. It's just become more professional, both on the seller side and on the Amazon side. You know, people might complain about how Amazon might tighten down rules or whatever, but really they're just trying to make their marketplace a more professional place and uh, one that works better, customers like to use. Um, in terms of hurdles I've faced over that time, look at as I said, it's a business and all businesses face challenges. I've had a few challenges. You know, I had one um, a few months ago now, which I, I don't know if I've actually told you guys about, but I actually had a, a situation where one of my customers injured themselves. And so while they're using the product, uh, so even though the customer was at fault, uh, you know, they'll be, they'll be looking for a six-figure settlement on this. So, mm. you know, so when that claim arose, that, that basically, that really stressed me out. And I thought, you know, I had all these doubts and all sorts of concerns going on. Oh, this could be the end of my business, blah, blah, blah. Um, and after a few days, I settled down because I actually realised I had things in place to handle this. You know, I had a good product. I had instruction. I had the packaging. I had a, a lawyer. I had an insurance policy. 
I had it all there. And so just by being prepared and running as a proper business, having the resources in place like an insurance broker, like a lawyer uh, in that particular case, but whether, whatever your issue is, and if you know where your resources are and who can help you, um, and also having a, some sort of plan there, you can, you can get by. So, you know, that was a big thing. But, you know, over time, look, I've been going seven years. There's been a lot of things happening in my life both Amazon and personally since then. And sometimes you get personal hits and that can have a hit on your on your self-confidence and motivation for your business. And you've just got to be able to ride through those things, pick yourself up and keep going, have that resilience. Um, and, you know, I've been in that situation a couple of times in the last seven years where things have, things have gone up and down, either in business or, or personal, and it does affect your business. So you've just got to start with that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to raise as a hurdle was, and this is a very common, which is what I want to talk about. I have over the time hit cash flow crunches and inventory runouts. And wait, that happens to everybody? <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't, but it does happen to most people. It certainly happened to me a few times. And look, generally, what happens is. When you run out of inventory, that's when you get the cash flow crunch. So because you're paying for the next inventory that's on a ship, so you paid for that, you've got to pay for freight, got all these bills going out the door, but there's no money coming in in the door, uh, and that can kill your business. And my business nearly died a couple of times in the process. Uh, I managed, fortunately, I managed, the, the time when I was really desperate for money, I managed to, to buy some, which was good. But then after that, I just made it, made it critical, imperative in business. I had to manage cash flow and I had to manage inventory. I will never run out of inventory again and I won't have a cash flow crunch again because I just managed, have to manage those two things properly. And if you don't, your business will die most likely. Yeah. yeah. I think as well what you're describing there, sometimes because we can say things until – Anybody can until you're blue in the face, right? But yeah. unless you've actually experienced it, it's not until then do you go, right, I need a war chest in my bank account yeah. that is going to, you know, push me through this because it's so tempting. You know, logically it makes sense, but it's so tempting to go, yeah, but I'll just I'll just grow the business. It's going to be fine. You know, everything's <laughs> going <laughs> to go. But until you actually hit, um, hit it for yourself, yeah. Yeah, it's like putting your hand in the fire, isn't it? It's it's kind of yeah. one of those things. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of touches on my next question for you, which is basically, you know, what are some of the common mistakes you tend to see new sellers make at the start of their business? Um, obviously, we talked about cash flow planning, inventory management. You mentioned even the fact that you had product liability insurance help you and you're prepared for that situation. Most people aren't going to have that day one, but maybe mm -hmm. if you can talk about like, some of the mistakes you see people have happened to them in like year one of their businesses. Yeah. Look, I think, um, I think a big thing for new sellers in particular is they under, underestimate the time, the effort, the money that they need to put in to, to build the business. Um, you know, like when I started, I was, I was wanting to do something different. I was a bit desperate to find something different. I and mean, probably most people who are going into the business, this type of business now are in the same position. They're wanting to get out of corporate life. They're wanting to do something different. Maybe they're a bit desperate. And maybe sometimes that leads people to think, okay, well, I really need money quickly or I, 
or they get attracted to the concept of some sort of get rich quick scam. Um, and with that, even if it's only a small thought in the back of their head, it can really place them in a in a wrong, have a wrong perspective on the business. And certainly not help with all the snake, snake oil salesmen out there who say that Amazon is a get rich quick scam. It's not. It is it's building a real business and people have to appreciate that. You know, this is a you're starting a brand new business. It takes time, money, effort, and a good plan. And um, so look, I think you know, one of the common mistakes I see is that new sellers um, start off with some sort of half half-baked plan to launch a new product. They um, you know, they say to themselves, I'm not sure about this. What I'll do is I'll build it up slowly. And I'll just I'll just go buy 100 units from China. And then they have no plan to promote it. They, they don't know what to do with it. Um, so they, they get eventually get their 100 units of silicon spatulas over from China. They either sell none or they sell a few every day. They sort of slowly dwindle out the door. And then they realise, oh, I'm just about to run out of stock. Oh, it's going to take three months to get uh, another shipment from China. Ah. Oh, the business has stopped because I got no inventory, and, and just that—that's such a common thing, particularly with people who don't have a plan or don't don't feel confident. They just start off in a half-baked way, and it's you get nowhere. You get nowhere. Yeah, and it's funny because on the second order, they only order slightly more than the first order, and then they run out <laughs> again. And it's like, are you even trying to be successful yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you start in business, you need to commit to it yeah. and there's a lot of people who don't do that and I, I know you know that's one of the things we stress in real we, we talk people through this French profit you know you've got to you've got to plan ahead and you've got to put the money into it uh, yeah because yeah. don't you just get nowhere yeah and it's like it's that planning for success isn't it and I yeah. think you know um you've got I think, that, like you say, there's been so much hype around the business model that, you know, hey, just start with a few units. I even had someone the other day reaching out and saying, um, but you you don't talk about just doing 100 units of five products. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Because Sorry, also, laughing, but it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, what if all five of them take off? Then what are you going to do? Right. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. Right. So. <laughs> It's, yeah. but you know, it, it's where you get your information from. It's, it's how you start to find out about this stuff, right? Which is, it's important. Um, so definitely in terms of the new sellers, what about experienced sellers? Cause we talked about, um, you know, helping Jeffrey there as well. Um, what, what yeah. are the common things that you see, or maybe just some of the hidden, I call it like the hidden gold because usually mm -hmm. if you, once you've started a business, you've got a few products going, there's usually a few things that we know that are gaps. So what, where would you think that they, you can find number one, some gold and the core mistakes not to kind of like avoid. Well, okay. The core mistakes to avoid first, because um, I think, you know, I've certainly, this has certainly happened to me plenty of times, but, you know, being experienced, you just, become complacent oh yeah, it's run along okay uh, and you you just let things run along you know you you um you know you're happy with the way things have worked in the past or you get bogged down in the 
the day-to-day grind rather than thinking at the higher level of what your business performance is, what your business strategy is. I think those things happen quite quite regularly. Um, you know, I think for me, what I I do see is a lot of people just lose track of the metrics, the key metrics for running their business. Because, you know, what they might do is they might say, okay, well, you know, business has been going for a few years now. What I'm going to do is I'm going to expand to Germany or I'm going to expand to Japan because I've got an email about that today. Um, and they think, okay, well, expanding to other marketplaces or maybe it's time to set a Shopify store or whatever it might be. Some of those things where you think that okay, the way to expand is to go into different marketplaces. What typically that means is distraction. You've got too many eggs in, in, well, too many baskets, you know, you're trying to juggle all these different balls and uh, some of them are just uh, low-value things. You know, going, I get an email every day about Amazon promoting the um, United Arab, Arab Emirates mm-hmm. marketplace and Singapore. And, I, you know, that would be the worst thing for me to do because I'll just waste so much time and energy to get seven sales. You know, it's pointless. And so a lot of um, existing sellers sort of go down that track because they think, okay, well, I can just launch the same products elsewhere. But the bottom line is that if you're in, you're focused on your main game, which typically is Amazon.com, and if you know your metrics, then and metrics being things like conversion rates and traffic and profit percentages and ROIs, um, if you know your metrics, then you also know what levers you can pull to improve the business. Mm-hmm. And if you improve your business, your American business by five percent, that's going to be much better result than going to Singapore or some other small marketplace. So it's not sexy to say, okay, well, what you've got is a business and you need to run it like a business. That doesn't sound sexy at all, but that's, in fact, the way to really get the most out of your business and and achieve your goals. Yeah, I think a lot of people also, like you say, the experience is great because you we've tried a lot of these things as well, right? But like, if you kind of, if you don't understand what the costs are to enter a marketplace and the time it takes, so like you're saying there, maybe, you know, Singapore, UAE, if Amazon haven't cracked it yet, guess what? You probably shouldn't be there, you know? (laughs) If they haven't got consistent consumers coming in, um, you know, that are constantly buying from the platform, then you're probably, it's probably not worth it. And also you don't understand the compliance costs, what the tax laws are and all that other stuff. It's all other stuff that you need to work out, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a few years ago um, when Amazon launched here in Australia and all these Australian sellers were a bit excited just because it's Australia. And thought, okay, well, that'd be great. We'll launch here. And, and Amazon contacted me and a bunch of my friends to go into the beta program before it even opened. So we were we were there from before day one. So it was all a little bit exciting. But the thing is that what I learned from that was that actually cost me so much moving into Australia because I spent months doing stuff for that business. Um, and 
I was getting like a 20th of the sales that I do in America. All I had to do was pull some levers in America and I would have made so much more money and I wouldn't have had to spend all that time gearing stuff up. It was just a total waste of time and effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just pulled it. I haven't sold in Australia for ages. I've got some things in the garage that I need to get rid of, so I'll probably sell those soon. But apart from that, I'm not <laughs> going to sell. That's a garage sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, an Amazon garage sale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we, I think, I think, Kirsty, I can't remember if you did Australia, but I did the exact yeah. same thing. I think I was on there for a year, sold a total of like 60 products and just said, I'm done. Just send it all back to me. I don't, I don't care anymore. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. It's those sort of stock shiny objects people need to forget about. And they yeah. also, the existing sellers also need to forget about the, the new softwares, you know, that expensive mastermind group that somebody's promoting by email, all that sort of stuff. Sounds great and it's all sort of sexy, but pulling the business levers based on metrics is what really helps. And having a plan, having a plan. Like I watched um, the live event you ran for the, the real members, the annual members the other day. And, yeah, simple thing. You said, okay, I've got to do a quarterly review of your business. How's it gone? What are the things you've learned? What's your plan for the next three months? Yeah. Pretty basic stuff. Makes a hell of a lot of difference. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many people don't do that, right? Because it feels like you're just doing the same thing, but mm. you learn so, so much by doing it. Yeah. If, you, if you're on your own, you, you almost like have to put literally put a different hat on and go, right, I'm just going to ask myself these questions. Today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we, we know you're a pretty analytical person and you have some valuable insights about the data and processes that are required of Amazon sellers. So I was just curious if you could sh shed some light on what you feel are some of the key components that you focus on that a lot of sellers or other programs may just glaze over and not talk about at all. And you mentioned metrics and pulling and levers and stuff like that. So I assume that there's some some depth in there right, from what you're explaining. Yeah, look, I, I think obviously that's a, a big thing for running the business. Um, but it, one of the things that I see often is the way people uh, handle the challenges and problems that face them. And I think there's this, like to me, there's these three compounding issues. And one is that across the seller community, all the Facebook groups and whatever, there's just a million of these experts who are just, you know, basically some bloke who, who's been running a, a business for a couple of months, has an opinion on something and create these unsubstantiated rumours. So you, you get all of this knowledge around the place that's incorrect or misguided or whatever. You know, I think that's one thing. Then there's a, just a big tendency amongst a lot of sellers to just jump to the wrong conclusions. Talk about a cause and effect. They're actually totally unrelated because they haven't thought it through. Yeah. And um, and perhaps for me, like I said before, you know, I like to analyse things and I learned how to think back in uni and so on. Maybe it's easier for me, but I just look at some of the things that people come up with and I just go, where did you get that from? Mm -hmm. um, and then the other compounding thing is the ever-diminishing knowledge base and capability in seller support. Amazon seller support. You put all those three things together and there's just so much misinformation and people being able to deal with their problems. So, you know, a lot of people just end up drawing those wrong conclusions about the problems they might face, you know. But you hear people say things like, you know, oh, Amazon's just suppressed my, my listing. 
Uh, it must be because I ran a discount code promotion last week. You go, well, how do you draw that conclusion? And then they go, ah, oh, somebody on a Facebook group said that Amazon doesn't like discount codes. But where did that come from? Amazon provides the discount code facility. Of course they like it. You know, it's just just drawing these totally disparate things together is just uh, mind-boggling to me sometimes. I think people need to really sit back and think about what they're doing. But then it gets compounded because what they go, what they do is they go to seller support and they're dealing with people in seller support who don't really know what they're dealing with, what they're talking about, but they ask them the wrong question. Yeah. They go, my listing's suppressed. I think it's got to do the promotion I ran last week where I had 100 discount codes. And the guy in seller support is going, yeah, that doesn't fit with anything in my little intranet here about what to do. Uh, your promotion looks okay. Uh, you know, it's all okay, don't worry. And then, they, and then their, their listing doesn't get reactivated because just nothing is gelling together. Yeah. And I think that, you know, in the end, we all face challenges with things like listings being suppressed or email sequences being disallowed, whatever it might be. Um, people need to think, sit back with a bit of an analysis and really understand what's going on. You need to be like an investigative journalist a bit, you know, you, where you dig into things, you find out what's going on, what causes what, et cetera. And then if you want to go and ask people for assistance, whether it be, you know, Facebook group or whatever, you get that assistance, but you actually have to verify the, the reliability of that information. You know, is this bloke, does he actually know what he's talking about? Yeah, is he an expert or is he just somebody who has no idea? Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then back it up with getting somebody else's opinion as well, you know? Yeah. And then if you go to, it, sorry, you go to, to seller support, then you ask, you find out what, that base data is and knowledge is, and you go and ask them a very specific question. You say, this is the data, this is what I've seen. What happens now? You know, here is my very specific question. Because if you ask them a vague question or a wrong question, you will get a rubbish answer, and that's totally guaranteed. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like when I was in university, I was wanting to be a, a lawyer. So two things you learn as a lawyer, you never admit to doing wrongdoing if you're, if you're trying to solve a problem, because then it just leads the entire investigation, as you put it in the, in the wrong, you know, it shortens the timeline and then it just says, Oh, you messed up. So you have to figure it out. Like it's your fault, blah, blah, blah. The other thing is when you're, when you're asking questions of somebody, you don't lead them to get to your conclusion. You ask them questions that lead to them getting the proper conclusion. Yeah. So, you never say, hey, this is what I think. What do you think? It's no. What do you think? Here's the data. That's what you should be asking them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's funny because um, I was just thinking there about um, following the breadcrumbs, right? That's literally yeah. what you have to do. It's like yeah. going backwards and saying, thinking about, I mean, one good thing to do, I think, in that situation um, especially if you've had a listing suppression or something, is always go into your returns yeah. and have a look at some of the stuff that customers have been saying. I've found loads of stuff in there that I'm like, oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. And then at least if you 
at least if you can find something, there's, there's got to be something that's triggered it. So it's, you know, usually some gold in there that you can find. Absolutely. Look, now, if you've got an email from, for example, if you've got an email from Amazon saying we've suppressed your listing, yeah, a lot of people just start panicking about that. Uh, and Amazon aren't good at communicating well in those emails. They, they don't give uh, reasons, they don't explain things, but there will be a clue in there. It might only be a few words, but you find it, and then you that's the first breadcrumb. And you, then there's so much information in Amazon, like returns, like you said, but all the fulfilment and order reports and inventory reports, whatever your, your issue is, there are so many reports in, within Seller Central. You can start digging into stuff rather than just going, oh, the world has ended. You know, I ran a promotion last week and, and someone told me that Amazon doesn't like them. Now my, my business is stuffed. Yeah, but the Amazon algorithm has changed. Regan, what's supposed to do now? Yeah, the the old algorithm story. Can you imagine Amazon changing their algorithm every five minutes? It would be like they just won't be able to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, funny. But yeah, that's a good point about the digging into your reports. And I think what you're kind of saying there as well is is that it's really all about what think about what you control versus yeah. everyone else, right? And so if you can think, yeah, I can control looking at my reports, I can control trying to figure this out for myself and, and logically think how would, why are Amazon reacting this way mm-hmm. rather than taking a conclusion from someone who's just, you know, heard a rumor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best thing to do. So I like that. It's the control. We say control the controllables, right? The things yeah. that you can control and don't worry about the other stuff because you can't do anything about it see kirsty what we would do if if that was if regan said that about something you just said we'd call that mansplaining so i'm going to call that woman splaining <laughs> I'm <laughs> i mean just in case they didn't understand what he meant i know so, um <laughs> so yeah so brilliant so any other tips or ideas that i can re-explain that you would like to share <laughs> with- <laughs> i like it um there was one I, I was going to mention earlier, I forgot, but I'll come back to it now. And that is, it's one of your favorites, actually. And that is just ignore the ninja tricks and the hacks that you hear about across the place. Um, because generally, most of them are rubbish. And, but secondly, you just got to think logically. If you, if there's some bloke in a Facebook group who says he knows a trick, he knows how to trick Amazon on something, do you want to believe him or arguably the largest technology company, the smartest and largest technology company in the world? You know, who's more likely to have things under control? You know, <laughs> So ignore the, the ninja tricks and the hacks. Um, and like I said, Amazon is one of the smartest companies in the world. Yeah, Yeah. that just don't work. Yeah, I think it's funny because a lot of people associate like undermining Amazon's systems to you being very smart and clever and understanding how to be successful. When in fact, it's actually the opposite. It's like, how do you fail at business fast, right? That's how it's going to happen. So while you were talking, I actually just thought hacks are for hacks. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> never, I never put that studio together before, but people who don't want the business to succeed will come up with hacks. People yeah. who don't want the business to succeed will actually fit their business within the actual model and build it successfully that way. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, I had a couple other points. One was, um, like after seven years at times, I found this business can be lonely. You can be sitting or standing at your computer uh, and there's no one else around or people in your house have no frigging idea what you're doing and they just don't understand anything. Um, and so it can be lonely. So I do think everyone should have some sort of community um, of Amazon sellers they can deal with. And like You can do it in a, in a more structured way like we do with the, the Real Coaching Forum uh, and programs like that. Uh, and that's great. That's probably the the best way. But I also think it's it's worthwhile to have sort of something local. You know, you just find out the uh, the sellers in your town or city and get together and have a coffee or something every now and then, uh, just to socialise and talk to somebody who actually does know what you're talking about, rather than the family members who really think you're going crazy because you, they have no idea what Amazon is. Yeah. yeah, especially someone, if they can without, you know, COVID restrictions and stuff like that. But yeah. 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 Like yeah, you can, yeah. well, you can put some plexiglass and then you can talk <laughs> about PPC without people going, what? <laughs> yeah. Having said no, that, really you know, I used to do, we used to have get togethers quite often here in Melbourne, but I haven't been to one for a, a full year. <laughs> so, yeah. But still, I know. you can do it on Facebook or whatever. Well, the uh, good thing about the plexiglass is you can PPC them through the plexiglass. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> uh, okay. yeah, I just became a dad, so I got to make dad jokes now. Yeah. Oh, you're doing very well. Then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and look, the last bit of wisdom, I suppose, hints or tips or whatever. Uh, look, as I've said a number of times, this is a real business. You've got to set it up like a real business, run it like it. And real businesses real small businesses have challenges and that's just the nature of business. And you've just got to be prepared for that, just got to be able to accept that and roll with the punches. Um, and I, so sometimes when I'm talking to people about Amazon business businesses, I say to them the most important personal attribute is persistence. you just got to keep plugging away at it and keep going. Um, so, look, I think based on that, you know, what I'd recommend to people is to create two signs that you can put up near your desk when you do your work. One's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which just says, don't panic. <laughs> and the other one's that British wartime poster, which is keep calm and carry on. I think yeah. having those two philosophies to running your business can get you a long way. Like it. And anyone under the age of 40, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. An <laughs> 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 awesome show. You go and watch it or read it. <laughs> I made a movie about it like 12 years ago, I want to say. So there's there's that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the series no, is bad. Probably 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The TV series about 30 years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Awesome. So, no, yeah, I love no. it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Perfect. So obviously thanks Regan for all the great insights and information and, and sharing your depth of knowledge and, and reiterating 
the the ideas that you know we embody and that we've talked about on, on our uh, previous podcasts and we'll continue to talk about in future podcasts. Um, so it's been great to have you here. And guys, if you like what you heard today on our show, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share a podcast with your friends who might get value out of it as well. Also, if you're looking for some free training on how to actually make this business work for you, head to www.goteamreal.com to see our real Amazon seller training there. And we'll see you on the next show. And until then, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.